This is an audio version of Introduction to Logical Decision Theory for Computer Scientists by Eliezer Yudkowsky. It's an excerpt that is included in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course, Core Curriculum. Heading, Summary. Almost all decision theories agree on using the notion of expected utility as the foundation of agent definitions and rational choice. Decision theories differ on exactly how to calculate the expectation, the probability of an outcome, conditional on an action. This foundational difference bubbles up to real-life questions about whether to vote in elections or accept a lowball offer at the negotiating table. When you're thinking about what happens if you don't vote in an election, should you calculate the expected outcome as if only your vote changes or as if all the people sufficiently similar to you would also decide not to vote? Questions like these belong to a larger class of problems, Newcomb-like decision problems, in which some other agent is similar to us or reasoning about what we will do in the future. The central principle of logical decision theories, in quotes, several families of which will be introduced, is that we ought to choose as if we are controlling the logical output of our abstract decision algorithm. Newcomb-like considerations, which might initially seem like unusual special cases, become more prominent as agents can get higher quality information about what algorithms or policies other agents use. Public commitments, machine agents with known code, smart contracts running on Ethereum. Newcomb-like considerations also become more important as we deal with agents that are very similar to one another, or with large groups of agents that are likely to contain high-similarity subgroups, or with problems where even small correlations are enough to swing the decision. In philosophy, the debate over decision theories is seen as a debate over the principle of rational choice. Do rational, in quotes, agents refrain from voting in elections because their one vote is very unlikely to change anything? Do we need to go beyond rationality, in quotes, into social rationality or super-rationality or something along those lines in order to describe agents that could possibly make up a functional society? Do rational agents sometimes wistfully wish they were irrational? Some decision theories have been accused of going into infinite loops on Newcomb-like problems. Can the rational choice ever be undefined? Logical decision theorists reply, no. If you were building a decision theory into a machine intelligence, which decision theory would you use, and what would be the consequences of building an agent like that? This overview first covers the prisoner's dilemma, one of the classic Newcomb-like problems that is basic to game theory and to coordination problems in economics. It talks about the prisoner's dilemma game between two agents that know each other's source code in order to motivate the next section, which overviews the motivation for the most currently accepted decision theory and introduces the new notion of logical decision theory, or agents that choose as if controlling the logical outputs of their algorithms. This overview then covers some of the more philosophical arguments that have been brought to bear on what we should consider to be the principle of rational choice, and quickly summarises some of the pragmatic consequences. At the end are paths for further reading. The overall academic status of logical decision theory is a new challenger to the currently dominant decision theory but most people have never heard of it, although this is starting to change. Heading, The Prisoner's Dilemma. In the classic presentation of The Prisoner's Dilemma, you and your fellow bank robber have been arrested and imprisoned. You cannot communicate with each other. You are facing a prison sentence of one year each. Both of you have been offered a chance to betray the other, or defect. Someone who defects gets one year off their own prison sentence, but adds two years onto the other person's prison sentence. Alternatively, you can cooperate with the other prisoner by remaining silent. 
So if O subscript 1, comma, O subscript 2, or O1, O2, is the outcome for player 1 and player 2 respectively, the outcomes matrix for the classical prisoner's dilemma is... So here's a 2x2 two two matrix. The rows have options for player 1 to defect or cooperate, and the columns for player 2 to defect or cooperate. And we see the scenario described above. So both players defecting, that square has 2 years, 2 years. Both players cooperating, that square has 1 year and 1 year. And the two squares that correspond to one player cooperating and the other defecting have 3 years and 0 years, or 0 years and 3 years. Rewriting this as a game with moves D and C, or defect and cooperate, and positives trade-offs, where X dollars denotes X utility. Here we have the same matrix, but more abstracted. D1 and D2 leads to $1, $1. D1 and C2 leads to $3, $0. C1 and D2 leads to $0 and $3. And C1 and C2 leads to $2 and $2. The text goes on. On currently standard decision theory, it is said to be rational, in quotes, we'll go into the debate over this term shortly, for a selfish player to play defect in the prisoner's dilemma. This is bothersome because if two rational, in quotes, players play defect, it leads to the outcome $1-$1, which is Pareto dominated by the outcome $2-$2, which both players would prefer. It seems like there is a way for both parties to do better, which, on the standard theory, two rational agents cannot manage to obtain for themselves. There have been many objections to the setup that yields this bothersome conclusion. For example, in the real world you would have some fallow feeling for your fellow conspirator and negatively value their prison sentence. Real people aren't entirely selfish. Or, defecting in the prisoner's dilemma would ruin your reputation and maybe lead to reprisals after you got out of prison. We can try to construct a true prisoner's dilemma by modifying the circumstances so as to address these objections. For example, two charities which each firmly believe their mission to be more important, which both know some detrimental facts about the other charity, and which are both in private, secret meetings with the philanthropist, deciding how to divide funding between them. In the iterated prisoner's dilemma, or IPD, we play the prisoner's dilemma against the same agent 100 times in a row, On the IPD, a famous strategy, tit-for-tat, does whatever the other player did on the previous round, and begins by cooperating. This strategy usually does extremely well in tournaments of bots, even when playing against much more complicated programs. Suppose two rational, in quotes, agents, that is rational according to currently standard decision theory, play the iterated prisoner's dilemma with a known time horizon. Both agents know the game stops after the hundredth round. Then on the hundredth round... Both agents will defect, since this move has no future consequences. On the 99th round, both agents, knowing the other will defect regardless on the 100th round, will also defect. By induction, two agents with definite common knowledge that both agents are rational, in quotes, as opposed to the other agent possibly being tit-for-tat instead, will defect against each other on all rounds. Even accepting the basic setup and its outcome matrix, a number of philosophers and computer scientists have had trouble accepting that rational agents must defect in the prisoner's dilemma, let alone that agents with common knowledge of each other's rationality must spend a hundred rounds defecting against one another on the IPD. Douglas Hofstadter suggested that super-rationality, in quotes, would include taking into account that the other agent was reasoning in a situation very similar to yours, and that the two of you were likely to arrive at similar rational answers, whatever the rational answer was. Heading. Prisoner's Dilemma with Common Knowledge of Code 
Imagine a prisoner's dilemma tournament in which submitted bots compete against each other in the one-shot prisoner's dilemma, but with knowledge of the other bot's code. We actually did run a small tournament like that, so it's not just imagination. This is the program equilibrium problem posed by Tenenholtz in 2010. At minimum, as Tenenholtz observed, you can do better in this tournament than by defecting all the time. You can notice when the other bot's code is an exact copy of your own code, and if so, cooperate. But is it possible to do even better? Suppose you find yourself facing a bot like this. So here's a function defined in code. We have def fairbot1 with other agent in brackets. And then indented under that, if other agent with fairbot1 in brackets equals cooperate, then return cooperate, else return defect. The text goes on. If you were a bot facing Fairbot 1, or if you prefer, imagine that a reasonably smart machine intelligence is facing Fairbot 1, then it would seem clear that the smart decision is to cooperate with Fairbot 1. Fairbot 1 itself, despite the resemblance to tit for tat, is definitely not an optimal player in the Prisoner's Dilemma tournament we just defined. One reason is that Fairbot 1 cooperates with Cooperate Bot. Here's Cooperate Bot, Def Cooperate Bot, other agent in brackets, Return Cooperate. It may help to visualize cooperate bot as a stone with the word cooperate written on it to help pump the intuition that you ought to defect when there's only a stone on the other side. One also observes that when fairbot1 plays against a copy of itself, both agents go into an infinite loop and never return a value. The following algorithm for fixing the infinite loop problem may sound unrealistic at first, but it can run in a much shorter time than one might expect. First, pick a simple proof problem, such as first-order arithmetic. We'll dub this proof system T for theory, and you can denote T proves the quoted sentence S by writing prov T, S. Then rewrite fairbot2 to say, here's another function, def fairbot2 with other agent in brackets. Indented under that we have if prov T, quote, other agent fairbot2 in brackets equals cooperate, end quote, return cooperate, else return defect. That is, I cooperate if I prove the other agent cooperates. Surprisingly, this leads to no infinite regress. You might think that it seems equally consistent to suppose either, quote, two fairbot twos both defect, and therefore both fail to prove the other cooperates, or both fairbot twos cooperate, and therefore both prove the other cooperates, with the first equilibrium seeming more likely because of the chicken and egg problem. Actually, a strange little rule called Loeb's theorem implies that both agents prove cooperation and therefore both cooperate. Even more surprisingly, when we have complex systems of A is true if B is provable and C is not provable, plus C is true if it's provable that the consistency of T implies B and D, etc., we can compute exactly what is and isn't provable in polynomial time. The upshot is that if we have complicated systems of agents that do X if they can prove other agents would do Y if they were playing against Z, etc., we can evaluate almost immediately what actually happens. One of the early papers in logical decision theory, Robust Cooperation in the Prisoner's Dilemma, Program Equilibrium Through Provability Logic, exhibited a proof, with running code, that there existed a simple agent, Prudent Bot, which cooperated with another Prudent Bot, cooperated with FairBot2, defected against cooperate bot, that is, a rock with the word cooperate written on it, and was not exploitable. Prudent bot never plays cooperate when the other player plays defect. 
and it was later shown that prudent bot was a special case of something that looks like a more general unified decision-making rule, proof-based decision theory, which in turn is one variant of logical decision theory. This intro will not dive into the detail of why Loeb's theorem is true or how to evaluate modal agents, but see the intro on proof-based decision theory referenced at the bottom. Heading. Different calculations of expected utility. You may have heard it asserted that it is not rational in quotes to vote in elections, since your own vote has only a very tiny probability of changing the election outcome. When people talk about rationality in this sense, they're appealing to a decision theory formulation called causal decision theory, aka CDT, the closest thing there is to a currently standard formulation of rationality. CDT says that the principle of rational choice is to calculate expected utility according to the causal consequences of your physical act, in a formal sense we'll define shortly. Unless your voting causes many other people to vote, as opposed to all of you just being in similar situations, CDT says that your vote is unlikely to cause a change in the election outcome. The new family of decision theories to be presented, logical decision theories, embody what is argued to be a better candidate for the principle of rational choice. We should choose as if we are deciding the logical output of our decision algorithm. Elections are one of the cases where LDT makes a big difference in what appears to be rational or normative, compared to classical CDT. Populations voting in elections are large enough that there may be many other people with decision algorithms similar to yours. Not everyone, but a logically correlated cohort large enough that it might matter. You can reasonably believe that everyone in your cohort will probably decide to vote, or not vote, in something like unison, and ask whether the probable benefit of the whole cohort voting is worth the cost of the whole cohort voting. The debate over Newcomb-like decision problems turns out to revolve around the question of how to formally define the probability of an outcome conditioned on choice X within calculations of expected utility. That's the end of the section of this paper that's included in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course core curriculum. You can read the rest of the paper online at the link in the description. This was an audio version of Introduction to Logical Decision Theory for Computer Scientists, an excerpt written by Eliezer Yudkowsky. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.